0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here as always and of course we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 5-0 away win over Hibernian or Hibs as we'll probably refer to them more often in this podcast in the playoff round the first leg of the UEFA Europa Conference League. It's going very well for Villa to say back in European life, but nonetheless, it's not just me here. We do have the always consistent Mr. Simon O'Regan. So, Simon, how's it going for you?
1: Very well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those in the back of your mind before a game like this, you always, you, you, I think just because we're so conditioned as Villa fans to have that nagging doubt of oh Christ, what of we, what have we messed this up? You know, after 13 years trying to get back into Europe and we don't even make the group stage, but. I'm very happy and, you know, let's, let's be realistic. We're through to the group stage now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a good feeling to, to like, if, okay, and maybe not technically officially, but for all intents and purposes, officially have qualified for that, uh, the group stage of the conference league and, and look forward to having a, a proper little European tour absolutely well
0: I mean in the matter of just over a week Villa have scored nine goals conceded zero I mean Simon it's it's been a pretty good just over a week hasn't it because you sit back and look at you think well who are Newcastle we've smashed Everton and Hibs we're massive happy days (laughs) yeah
1: I mean it's the the perfect response to that Newcastle defeat and no I think we we kind of spoke about it at the time it That that game against Newcastle, it's just it was just one of those days where everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. It and I think we and the pods that we did after that game, we basically said, look, that's an anomaly of of a result since Emery come in. But to to just have that response, now, admittedly, we've been been quite fortunate that the two teams we played since then (laughs) have been pretty bad teams. (laughs) Let's be honest, but. Having said that, you know, I was watching, I, I was around my mum and dad's uh, today. And I, was, I was watching the game with my dad and one of my nephews. And I, mean, I said after the game, like, how many times over the years in, a like, a cup competition have Villa been against it, a team that is far inferior to them and they've completely cocked it up and and not done the job and, and got turned over? And it, it just, it... We've said this a few times since Emery's come in over the last few months. It, it really just does feel like a completely different Aston Villa. And it, it was just so nice to go and see us, you know, do have respect it and not dick about with the team, you know, put out a strong team. I was really happy that we did that. But then actually go and, and put the performance in as well and, and show their quality. It was just, it was yeah, it was brilliant to see.
0: Of course. Well, we know Unai Emery wasn't messing about, of course. Basically, you'd have to say a fully strength lineup. He was going for the kill it off in the first leg approach, you would assume. And we've basically done that, of course. Only really... You sit back and look at that line, the only really change that came very early on was, of course, in the second half when Martinez came off for Olsen, which at 3-0, some people are thinking, oh, God, could this be the first? <laughs> it wasn't. We still didn't concede, actually. Olsen made a, a pretty decent save, well, only the one save he had to make um during his time on the pitch, but all in all, a very, very good and pleasing result. I mean, it's it's harsh probably to say it was never in doubt, but I think after how long it's been for Villa you just never know but of course just to kind of give you a little bit of insight on the goal scorers the assist makers just in case you didn't see the game Um, of course Ollie Watkins or as I was calling him on Twitter during match coverage Goalie Watkins um, of course, scoring a hat trick of goals in the 17th, 33rd, and 48th minute. Luca Dean, of course, getting a hat trick of assists, um, assisting Ollie Watkins twice and assisting Leon Bailey in the 42nd minute as well. Douglas Louise, of course, getting a penalty in the 74th minute via a Bertrand Traore a foul in the box. And of course, Diego Carlos gets. Uh, the assist on Watkins' second. So all in all, a very, very good outing at Easter Road. Um, I mean, Simon, we're going to make this a little bit of of a quicker podcast because just to have everyone know, we do also have a a Burnley opposition preview coming out on Friday. So not to rant and rave too much, but we'll keep things short and simple for everyone because they'll probably quickly focus on Burnley with the optimism just kind of flowing forward. But I mean, Simon, we kind of look at this game individually I mean it's kind of tricky to get carried away but even going into the next leg and kind of skipping over this game for a moment I mean how would you approach that I think maybe that's the the biggest talking point maybe kind of out of this game is the next one because I think a lot of people maybe sit back and think okay maybe you play all of your bench you play some fringe players, some youth team players, whatever it may be. But, I mean, we've learned in the past that sometimes that just doesn't work. I mean, even 5-0 up, you would think we're safe. But how would you approach it?
1: Um, I I think there'll be a lot of changes for that second leg because, I mean, like you say, 5-0. I mean, to be honest, I thought the, the whole tie was done at half time at 3-0. You know, I, I didn't see them coming back over the next... Uh, the second half and next leg so to be 5-0 like there's there's no way that that is getting overturned so I, I i think there probably will be a few changes because we've got liverpool i think the sunday after uh that second leg and obviously in between that we've got burnley away on sunday so we've got two away games back to back so assuming obviously we will be going pretty full strength on on sunday against burnley so then you've got the opportunity then for the second leg to make those changes so that you're you're fresh for the trip to Anfield then the following Sunday. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd expect to see quite a number of changes. I I I I thought there might have been one or two more changes to lineups tonight. Like I, I was fairly confident that he would be going with a pretty much full strength team. Um, I kind of I, I thought that maybe Urtelimans might have started, but um obviously he's I, I do think, well, on reflection, it probably the right thing to just go absolutely full tilt and get get the tie over and done with in in this first leg. So then, as I say, come the the second leg and been apart next Thursday, you can rest a, a good number of players. They're going to be fresh for the uh, a tough trip to Anfield the following uh, the following weekend. So, yeah, I think there'll there'll be quite quite a few changes to to the lineup for the second leg. Absolutely. And I mean, kind of the way I look at this game in particular is I think some people were
0: maybe a little bit shocked and went as strong as we did. But all in all, I think this was a perfect exercise to even get a little bit more cohesion, get a little bit more confidence. I mean, Ollie Watkins, Leon Bailey doing very, very well. Luca Dean, I mean going basically from the cold and potentially being moved away on loan. Now he looks like an absolute um world beater in some people's <laughs> eyes. I mean, it, it's only Everton and Hibbs, so let's kind of uh, temper expectations a little bit. But all in all, I think it just brings a little bit more field good factors to some of those players. But you are right. You'd probably think the likes of Tillman's, Troy Troyore, Chambers, Um, Olsen will probably get the start or maybe he even throws Marshall and who even knows uh, maybe one or two youngsters. I would still expect maybe three or four starters, depending how Burnley goes. Of course, if we're somehow like two up or three up at Burnley, which I would be shocked because they look very impressive thus far, um, even only playing a single game um, to kind of read by. And of course that being Man City. So who really knows what to expect unless we're up big in that game and you can kind of, really benefit from it I would imagine that he would rest some players keeping in mind Liverpool on the weekend like like you said but we'll have to wait and see of course but Simon we'll get back to this game in particular I mean the one thing that I noticed more than anything in this game not only just walking scoring a hat trick but and not Luca Dean probably playing one of his (laughs) best games but I do want to talk about John McGinn of course it's an it's an Interesting circumstance for him, of course, coming from Hibs to Villa, coming back to Easter Road, of course. They gave him a great applause, and then, I mean, as all fans do, as soon as kick <laughs> comes, he gets booed. How do you think he handled it? Because at first I wasn't too sure if maybe some of the moments were getting to him, but then it was kind of typical John McGinn right after that, and he just kind of sl- slotted into his role, but what did you make of his performance in particular?
1: I, I thought kind of his performance sort of reflected the whole team's performance in the way, as, as it kind of often does with McGinn. Um, I think, because I, I actually thought the first sort of 20, 25 minutes of the game, I didn't think that we'd started that well, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, we, we never looked like in any danger or anything like that. You know, Hibs, I at no stage in that game was I ever worried that they were actually going to do anything against us. But I just, I thought we'd started a little slow and... I thought we were quite sloppy, and like, I think McGinn was kind of a part of that, as as everyone was. But once we, uh, once we obviously got, got the goal ahead and certainly two goals ahead, I think we really settled into it. And, um, sort of after the game, um, so I was watching, it was on, it was shown over in the UK on, uh, BBC One Scotland. So I was watching on that channel, and they were interviewing McGinn after the match, and, he was saying that he he told the players, he said, I told them over and over again, so I was blue in the face. It's going to be a difficult opening 15, 20 minutes. Like the crowds are going to be at it. The players are really going to come at us. We've got to make sure that, that we're ready for that. And he kind of like admitted himself that the first 10, 15 minutes, they, they necessarily weren't quite ready for it. And, but once they did settle into it, then, then it became, you know, it, was, it became a walk in the park. <laughs> you know, as I'd be around the bush, it was very, very easy in that second half, especially. And so, yeah, I, th- I thought, I thought he, he he had a slow start, as did everyone. But once we kind of got that initial 15, 20 minutes out of the way and got the goal, then then we we just took complete control over it. And he, um, it was kind of, it was, it was interesting that he was on this in the interview after the game, he was talking as well. About how how very different how Emery's been um, sort of asking him to do a very different tactical role in terms of like not busting about the pitch all the time, and he he said that there were so many occasions where he's been told you know just to stand still in in those spaces between the opposition midfield and defence, and and to pick the ball up there like with him and Musa Diaby. So it was, it was quite an interesting interview actually, like seeing how you you could you could be forgiven for maybe thinking, oh he's 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 not playing like John McGinn normally plays. He's not all over the place, but it's you know that he's actually been asked not to be completely all action and and to be sort of more tactically aware of his positioning on the pitch and and where where he where he actually going to where he's going to be able to receive receive the ball. In more threatening positions, so it, 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 was, it was quite interesting to, to hear that actually, and it, I suppose it just goes to show yet again just how how impressive and how thorough and thoughtful a manager Unai Emery is. That like he's 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 constantly looking to tweak players and, and improve them and, and give them different sort of tactical advice and stuff like that and information. And the players are actually taking it on board and and, and going with it, and, and it's working really well. So, yeah, I thought it was a, it's an interesting interview, which I think gave quite a good insight into how his actual performance was and, and why his performance was the way it was, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. I, I
0: mean, probably for more so him than anybody, this is probably um, a bigger game for him, you would say. Maybe some Villa players don't, maybe didn't think too much of it. But I, I think for me, when you look at John McGinn as a leader and as the captain, I feel like these are scenarios you want to see him excel in, and I think he did, and the way that he mm-hmm. led was evident. It was interesting what you mentioned about the first 15 or 20 minutes because I was just kind of um, scrolling through some comments between um, Lee Johnson and uh, the Hibs manager, and, of course, what Unai Emery said. Uh, you never know what Lee Johnson's going to say. He could be talking about the sky, um, a wheel... <laughs> of string or something i don't even know but regardless of that um he did say the golfing quality showed after the period in the first 20 minutes uh too many times we gave the ball away too many times we were offside that was a lesson for us and we can hope we can learn from this and then he kind of goes on to say their budget's bigger than ours so what do you expect kind of thing um so i mean that a little bit of a cop out but I did notice that with the 20-minute remark, and then you referenced that as well. And I I do think it was true. And I feel like that's going to be kind of a a usual thing for Villa throughout the um, Europa Conference League. I always want to call it the Europa League, but we're going to (laughs) be comfortable with that. Maybe next season we can (laughs) stick to just that and shorten the abbreviation. But uh, all in all, I I think almost every game that we play in this competition now, assuming you would have to think that we move on to the to the actual group stage where there's going to be maybe a few minutes starting or just a few awkward kind of phases throughout the game. And it's only going to get difficult from there. So it's going to be interesting to see how these players react. But the one player I did want to talk about next, Simon, has to be Ollie Watkins. I mean, three goals in this game. Um I, I, It does nothing for him but more, Gains more confidence, shows his abilities and just kind of gets him kind of going this season, doesn't it? Because I think we're kind of all wondering when he's going to score his first goal. And of course, we'd probably prefer it to be in the Premier League. But all in all, I mean, a goal for him is a goal and um, it really puts him in the right direction, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, there was sort of a few murmurings over the last couple of days. of I wonder, is this a game where maybe you could start Duran? Absolutely know, I, I mean, Duran's not fit enough to, to start games. Uh, you know, Emery's basically said that himself. But also, like, like we kind of, I think we said after the uh, the Everton game that that Watkins is a very sort of streaky goal scorer, isn't he? Once he gets one, he'll go on a run. So why on earth wouldn't you let him play against a team like Hibs to to get a goal? And the fact that he, he got three probably should have had at least four, if not five, really, if you look at the couple of the chances that he missed as well. Um So, yeah, it, it, it would do him the world of good. And, you know, the, the sooner he 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 gets off the mark, obviously, in the season, the better. You kind of, you think back to his, I remember his, his first season, he didn't score, I think it was the first two games, in Sheffield United and Fulham, if my memory's right. And then he got his... uh the third goal of that season was the, the 7-2 victory against Liverpool, where he got a hat-trick in that game as well. So, maybe uh, be a bit of history repeating it himself there. But, um, yeah, brilliant for him. And I think, I think it's also seen that he's only the the fourth Villa player to score a hat-trick in Europe. And the last one before him was Stan Connemore back in, God, it would have been 1998, I think. Jeez, that's a while ago now against, I think, from God say think that was the team. I might I might have got that one wrong. Um but so yeah, it's been a long time since we've had a a Villa player score hatch in Europe and yeah, delighted for him and hopefully that should get him going on a run now. I'm gonna be checking the odds of his odds for first goal score against Burnley on the weekend because as I say, he's uh he's a streaky goal scorer and what once he gets one, he, he tends to go on a pretty decent run. So fingers crossed that continues.
0: Well, let's hope it's a streak of hat tricks. Let's say let's make it go four <laughs> games in a row. So he'll score three against Hibs. Um, he'll score another three against Burnley. Uh, we'll say he sits out against Hibs, scores against Liverpool. <laughs> I can't remember who we play after that. So let's let's take that it becomes the league's top goal scorer for a little bit, and we're we're into um, almost what like September, going into probably yeah mid September, and then I mean Holland will probably score like ten goals in a game and yeah. take over, <laughs> but um that's just because that man's a robot but all in all um the one thing i did want to talk about simon before we move on to the three word reviews because i'm actually promising people are going to keep this one short um I, I do want to discuss the likes of leon bailey and of course birch and triori and i mean captain chaos and I, I don't know what we want to call leon bailey um <laughs> tricky legs or something i don't know what you want to call them but all in all, I always felt like this kind of competition would almost fit those two players better than the Premier League or certain other cases. And that's because you're just coming up against different opposition. Okay, some of them aren't going to be nearly as good as Villa or Premier League opposition or even championship opposition, you would have to argue. But all in all, it just kind of felt even when Triore came on, it felt like, of course, we had loads of time on the ball and all that kind of good stuff. But it felt like they just had much more about them. They're a lot more comfortable. And of course, you're going to be like that when you're up into a a significant lead. But I don't know. There's just kind of a different aura and presence around them today. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely completely agree with the point you made about this sort of competition. You almost feel like it's suited for players like that um, because... Nothing, the majority of teams in, in this competition are going to be fairly inferior to us, you'd have thought. So, I, yeah, it, it should really suit them, to be honest. And yeah, Bailey, obviously had a, a good game against Everton on the weekend. And I, I thought he had a, a really good game to, today as well. You know, he, he's uh, sort of quick dancing feet caused some problems on a few occasions. I thought his head was a really good one. I, mean, I know by the time it got to him, it was, you know, basically an open goal. But he just had to connect to it, but he, he hung up in the air. I thought really, really well. This is an impressive leap. And then, you know, everyone's favorite Captain Chaos came on and you kind of, and when he, when he came on, my, my dad was sort of saying, Oh God, he's, he's a frustrating player, isn't he? And I was like, Oh, oh Christ, yeah. But you, you, it's face or firing with him, isn't it? You know the the penalty. First of all, the touch, to control, the long ball out to him was was a lovely little touch, and then superb trickery to to win the penalty, perfectly put away by Dougie again. And you're like, oh god, that that's the Bertie T that you want to see. That's beautiful. And then in, a few minutes later, he he does his little chopping and cut back, and you think, oh, amazing. Right, just stick it away, and then he tries to do it again to take around the keeper, and you're like, ah, that that, that's the bad side to Berti, but I think we've we've tried already. You you just got to pull up with that type of thing, but it'd be interesting. So I I kind of I think a few weeks ago I I thought that he would probably be moved on, and I think maybe had certainly if the Bredia. Injury hadn't occurred, and then obviously coutinho has got injured, although I think I read earlier that he's unexpected to be out for three or four weeks but I think had say they all stayed fully fit, then maybe Triori might have been moved on but i and he it, I think maybe if a decent offer came in for him, he probably would still be moved on, but i don't think if he if he, I think it'll be a case of that they'll try and force him out the club. And if, if no deal for him goes, you know, if there's no deal for him to leave, then this competition is perfect for be, to, to play in because you'd expect at least one, if not two of the teams that we'll have in the group. We should be come to be favorites to sort of beat them. So they're the type of games then, you know, when you need to do a bit of rotation where you like sort of try or a, are going to come in handy. Bailey, to a less extent, I think Bailey will play quite a lot of Premier League minutes again. Um, you know, he's, Bailey's someone that, you know, some of us on on the pods can get very frustrated with him, as can the majority of the fans. But as I I always kind of say, there's a reason that Unai Emery Basically plays him every week, like every clearly likes him and clearly sees something in him. Because if he didn't, there's, there's no way that he'd be playing as regular as he does. So yeah, I thought they, they both did really well tonight. And they're very much with Bailey for me, very much seems like a confidence player. And you see that from sort of game to game. If he has a bad first five or 10 minutes in the game you know that he's not going to get much better. <laughs> but if he has a good start to the game, he tends to play well for the ninety. So it's great for him to, to you know, especially after going off injured against Everton. You know, Bailey's someone that has had quite a few injury problems since he's been at Villa. But for him to, to sort of be able to shrug that off, start the game, play well and get another goal, it it's, it's, can only be good things, really.
0: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Absolutely. One other thing I did want to bring up, but we'll pass over it, or maybe I'll bring it up when uh, we get to our next little segment here, and then we'll uh, get over to the three-word reviews, as I promised. Because I do want to make this more of a segment. I probably should write it down or I'm going to forget. I want to discuss the back line, but I'll bring that up myself. So Simon, I mean, we did this last week. Hopefully it's something that we can introduce more often. I remember to ask you guys actually, but looking at this game kind of moving forward, what's the biggest kind of um, thing or point you can kind of take away? Uh, well, from the game in general or the back line? Uh, game in general or the back
1: line, whatever you want to choose. <laughs> um, it's, it's It's a difficult one to to think of purely because, like, the standard of opposition that we played was just so poor, poor. I think for me, probably the biggest thing was, um, there's a couple of things. So, for one, the commentary that, that we had over here on the, on the BBC Scotland channel was uh, like the commentators on a number of occasions throughout the game basically, basically trying to say, like, there's not an awful lot Hibs could really do because of the amount of that. There's just so much quality in that in this Villa team, and for me, like at one stage, I, I, I turned to my dad and my nephew and I was like, "It's so refresh. Like, it's it's this feels really nice to hear commentators talk about Aston Villa like that." I, I can't remember the last time you've had uh, like the the pundits before the game and the commentary team during the game. Like talking about Villa in such glowing terms and about the amount of quality in there, and then like when they were sort of talking about it, and I was kind of like looking and going, God, bloody hell, they're right, we've got a World Cup goal, uh, got a World Cup winner in goal, like, Diego Carlos and Torres at centre back, Kamara, Louise, and that midfield, and like you're looking around going, jeez, yeah, like. Commentators and people they should be talking about Villa like this because we have got a team full of pure quality now. And it was just it's been so long since I've heard like non villa fans in football talk so enthusiastically and, and such with such positivity positivity about Villa. So I think that that's probably the biggest thing to take away is that it's it's not just Villa fans who are excited about us now, like the, the wider football world it is really sort of standing up and taking notice, and uh, uh, of Aston Villa, and it's, it's it's just really good to to, to hear our club being talked about so well on a sort of national scale like that.
0: Well, it's good to get that recognition. I mean, Christ, how long could we think of what it's been that we've <laughs> obviously gotten recognition unless we got absolutely slaughtered by another team or something else? It, it's nice to kind of be the central focus at times. I mean, sometimes when they talk about how greater players are and how they could get a move to like Chelsea or something that massively annoys me and always will. But yeah. regardless of that, I, I think that's just something that's always going to happen because we're not a quote unquote traditional four or top six, whatever they want to refer to next thing, you know, it'll be the top 12 or something like that. Um, the way that some yeah. pundits go on. But regardless, I did want to bring up the back line really quickly because, of course, um, that was made up of Konza, Carlos, Torres, and Luca Dean as well. So in a back four with Kanza playing um, on the right, Dean on the left, of course, then it moved more into kind of a, a back three at times. I mean, I think the thing that I liked about this, and I, I don't think this is going to be the way that we kind of roll forward in the Premier League. I think Kanza probably slots back in and maybe cash kind of moves back out to the right we'll have to wait and see who knows maybe I'm wrong because who knows I know nothing at the end of the day I'm not Unai Emery and he knows everything he is our lord and savior hallelujah um all in all <laughs> you look at pa Torres in particular and the one thing I did want to bring up with him was just I noticed and I think it was uh Neil from for the love of Paul McGraw podcast I put in a quick video just about how Torres kind of um establishes himself on the pitch the way he uses his hand gestures to kind of um maneuver traffic and kind of get things going around him and can control control the tempo and i felt like for the first 10 15 minutes of the game when both sides couldn't really settle the ball too much i kind of looked at Paul Torres and you kind of kind of see his hand gestures and his movement it just felt like we got calmer from the back moving forward as time went on. And usually with Villa, I feel like it's absolutely in the past, maybe this is just me being scarred. It's kamikaze from minute one to minute 90, and we're just not calm until the final whistle's gone. But it's nice to have those, I don't want to say a silent leader, but an unexpected leader in some ways. This guy's only been with us for a very short period of time. And he's already controlling the back line. I know there were some issues when he came against Newcastle. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, that game was gone by the time he came in. But I think for me, that's my biggest takeaway from this game. His performance, Diego Carlos being the physical presence that he was. It was great to see him in a very physical game because at times it was very physical. And just the way that Conza. I mean, didn't really have a lot to do, but how he did out wide, Luca Dean, of course, was the the probably most impressive out of the back four in terms of stats, you would say, with three assists. But all in all, I just kind of got a lot out of that back line, and it built some more confidence, even if it is, no offense to Hibs fans, just Hibs going into a, a Burnley game, which we probably still don't really know what to what to expect from a, a Vincent Company side within the Premier League. So we'll have to wait and see there. But, anyways, let's get over to the three word reviews over on Twitter. Uh, of course, so this went out just a few minutes after post match. And of course, you can tweet us at 7500 to Holt to get involved in the future. Uh, always good to read these comments. There's some really good ones. There's always gifts and all that good stuff. So let's kick it off with Jazz Singh, who always gets involved, uh, saying, Done and dusted. Aaron Smith says, <laughs> There are levels um woody woodpecker third gear stroll uh usa underscore villain day at work uh let's go to tom cahill absolutely battered him um let's go to let's see here simon palmer group stage incoming um forgotten corner fine says easier than expected uh chris smith with a gif saying yeah that'll work uh, let's go to three more here. Um, Ian uh, Malpass saying Olsen clean sheet with a grimacing face. I mean, we're probably still all shocked, even though it was Hibs. Uh, Gary H very positively says 50 nil aggregate. Um, and we'll do two more. Why not? Uh, let's see here. Colin Sampson says what a match. And this is probably the best way to end this segment. Dave DeGernier says Athens in May, so we'll have to wait to see if that actually happens, but we all have the feel good factor vibe, so Simon I'll come to you, what's your three word review? Uh,
1: it's similar to the one it's one of the ones that we've already heard there, but uh, group stage confirmed Okay, fair enough I I, I, I can take that um, I'm,
0: I, I don't know why I come to this every time and I haven't thought of one um, <laughs> I'm going to go European Nights Continued um, We're gonna get past hips in the second in the second phase of this. It's it's pretty obvious. I, I mean, we would have to play our like under sixteens at this point. I'm I'm gonna be brutally honest, and <laughs> if you're listening to this, but I I just can't see any way that we absolutely screw this up. I mean, I've been corrected in the past, but I, I don't even think the relegation side of fifteen sixteen could. Uh, screw this one up um, but you never know knock on wood I think
1: I, I think they'd give it a good try but... oh they'd give it a very good try we'd probably
0: lose four nil or something like that and then they hit the post yeah. in the 90th minute to equalize but we'd still somehow slide through um, somewhere um, Tim Sherwood's gile is absolutely bricking it that's all I can say but regardless of that, let's get over to the final segment here. And, of course, that is the Match Balls, Man of the Matches. So, Simon, I'll come back
1: to you again. Who would you give this award to for you? I mean, it's, any player who scores a hat-trick has got to get it. I mean, I mean, Luke Dean, obviously, with the three assists and you know, some of his deliveries were superb. I, I thought he had a really, really good game. But I mean, it's, it's obviously it's only Watkins. <laughs> you, you can't you can't score a hat trick in in a European game and, and and not get the match goal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not really going to elaborate on that. I'm just going to say I agree. Um, yeah, you could give it to Luka Dean, but at the end of the day, um, the man scored a hat trick, um, and there's more of that to come. Hopefully, and you know what, I wouldn't be shocked if somehow he does play a few minutes in the next um, in the second leg, and he scores two more goals or something like that, just to get him. Off and firing and um I don't mm. know if they offset it doesn't count towards the competition stats in the playoffs, does it? That kind of waits to the group stage. Because I was gonna say he would if oh. he scores a couple more, he would absolutely put himself <laughs> in um pole position at this point in time. So uh maybe we'll have to keep our own stats so they're a little bit more villa-biased. But uh yeah. regardless of that, Simon. I'll leave you with one thing, of course. Burnley on the weekend going into this game from of Course, we're recording this on Wednesday night. People will hear this on Thursday morning or whenever they're listening to this. How are you feeling about this one? Because it's a little bit tricky in my mind. I, it's not your typical Burnley, is it?
1: It's not, no. And, and obviously, they've, they've only played one game this season, um, against Man City and you know, two weeks ago. So, in the two weeks, two weeks since they played their one and only game, we've played twice, and obviously. We've scored nine goals and conceded none in those two games. So we're, we're going in full of beans, so to speak. And yeah, it'll be interesting, actually, because like you say, it's not, it's not the Burnley that we, that we know and love. If you want to use that phrase, um, it's, you know, it's not, it's not the Sean Dykes Burnley of pure physicality. They're, they're, it's not like, they're not going to be like a, Sheffield United's newly promoted team are going to get stuck in and make it a physical battle. They're going to try and play, which could suit us, to be fair. I think it's one of those, obviously they'll still be, you know, absolutely buzzing, you know, being back in the Premier League. So it's, it's kind of you, if you, it'll be a bit, bit similar in a way to tonight. The first 15, 20 minutes, just don't do anything stupid quieten the crowd down and then your qualities should shine through and if they, because they're going to try and play and they'll come out us and try and press us, I I back our quality to be able to cope with that press and play through it and, and get the results but it'll be, uh, and and obviously you know, tonight wasn't physically taxing We've we'll have got, we've got the the extra day rest that you normally have from the Europa League because normally it's a Thursday Sunday. Obviously, it's the it's Wednesday Sunday. So, in terms of like physicality, we shouldn't have any problems because the last two games have been fairly comfortable for us, and also. We probably in a better match with them than they would be as well. Obviously, only having had one game and then two weeks off so early in the season, that's not necessarily a good thing because it can take a bit of a while to get into the uh, into the swing of things and, and get get yourself going in the season. So, I I think we go in. And obviously, we go in as favourites to win that match, and and I would back us to have the quality to go and do it. But be I'll be quite fascinated to see that game actually and see sort of because I haven't really see an awful lot of Burnley last season in the Championship, so it be interesting to see just just where they're at, because obviously, their game against Man City, you know, they can't be judged on the on, on performance against Manchester City. Not that they necessarily say they'll be judged on the performance against Villa, because we're obviously nowhere near the level of City, but it'll be, be interesting to see how they do play against one of the better teams in the Premier League like us. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of wish they would have
0: been able to play on the weekend. They get a little bit more sense of how we can kind of go at them. Um, evaluate Evaluating any newly promoted side against someone like Man City is bit virtually impossible because you know they're going to have barely any of the ball. But the small things that I did see from them um, with the kind of brief glimpses, they actually have the ball – I was fairly impressed. I think they're going to come at us pretty hard. They do have some <laughs> skill players, which I mean, you wouldn't normally, no offense to Burnley fans, probably associate with Sean Dyche's Burnley. But of course, this is Vincent Company's Burnley. So I think they're going to be a lot trickier test. There's going to be more of an unknown. Um, I don't feel like it's, well, obviously for me, it's not going to be more of a, a, a kind of a hoof it and struggle to deal with corners in the, in the box. I feel like that's actually something we may be able to have an upper advantage. Um, with them at this point in time. But then again, I think they've signed like 20 centre-backs in this window, <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see. Because I swear to God, every time I go on Twitter and I've seen a Burnley signing, it's been a centre-back. Um, but regardless <laughs> of that, we'll have to wait and see. I'm feeling positive about it. But Simon, if you're going to go with a score prediction, what would you go with? Um, I'll go 2-0 Villa. Fair enough. I think that's what many people would go with. I'm going to go... For some reason, I see them nicking a goal. So I'm going to go to one Villa. I do think we pull it out. I do think they make it a little bit more testing, but well, anyways, guys, we'll leave things there. Thank you very much to Mr. Simon O'Regan for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at Si O'Regan. You can tweet me at talk Aston Villa, tweet the team or X the team, whatever it'll be called, uh, tomorrow at 7500 to Holt. You can email the podcast holtcast at gmail.com of course if you have any written content you can send that over to 7500 to holt maine at gmail.com and of course more importantly check out the website www.7500holt.sbnation.com there's all my plugs we'll get out of here we'll should be back friday for a bernie opposition preview but nonetheless and don't forget up the villa
1: We're going up.